Good morning, Strong Tower. Pastor Ben have already sort of introduced me. I'm John, the pastoral resident here, and I get the privilege of sharing God's word with you, so I want to go ahead and read the scripture as, as you guys are standing. The text is going to be coming from Matthew chapter 1. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1 starting at verse 18. When you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say hold on. That's Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 and we'll read it until the end. Hear the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, this is your word. This is the story of your salvation that you have given to us, a gift. Father, as your word is proclaimed this morning, may the Holy Spirit apply it to our souls. May the Holy Spirit bring it to our remembrance when we leave this place. Father, may we be edified, may we be built up by your word. God, allow me to decrease that you may increase. Have your way in this place and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys may be seated. I am glad to be here today. I am just honored to be able to stand before you guys and bring God's word, kicking off our Advent series. Now, Advent is a time of year where the church celebrates and reflects on Christ's first coming. But it's not just the time that we celebrate his first coming. We celebrate it while also celebrating his second coming. We joyously wait with expectation for him to come again. See, we know that he has come and that he will come again. That is what fuels our faith as we wait. See, when he returns, that's going to be a really great gift. 
and I don't know about you, but if you feel like your life is perfect down here, that everything is good inside and out, then Advent is not for you. See, the, the, the gift that God has given is not for you if you are already perfect. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he put it this way. He said, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, who look forward to something great to come. Greater is coming. Greater is coming. Christ's return is greater. And that's the greatest gift that we could receive. Speaking of gifts, this time of year, this uh, month that we're about to enter in, that's the major time for gifts. Gifts are just a major part of it. It's that time of year where we're thinking about others, kindness, goodwill toward men. And a whole bunch of shopping, even last minute online shopping. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I was reading an article the other day titled Christmas Confession. And that article stated, stated that last year in 2019, Americans spent over $150 million on, get this, unwanted gifts. <laughs> now, they said in the article that most of these gifts were re-gifted. That means that you and the person next to you <laughs> has given a gift that was unwanted and re-gifted a gift that they didn't want. I, I know I don't have money to spend on unwanted gifts. But I remember when Heather, I get to call her love, she bought a gift for her assistant son. We're there watching him. He's tearing through the paper. He opens the gift. He looks down at it. And without cracking a smile, he looks up at his mom and says, I wanted Legos. <laughs> now, <laughs> the thing is, it was a gift he didn't want, but it was his. Sometimes we get things that we can't give away. Amen. Sometimes we just have to own it. And that's what we see going on in our text today. Sometimes we get something that we just have to own. Amen. Look with me at those, those first two verses there, 18 and 19. Now the birth of, Je the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. See, this scene opens up, and Joseph is hearing the news from the woman he's arranged to marry. She's telling him, look, I'm pregnant. He knows that they haven't been together, so this for Joseph is bad news. This is news that catches him off guard, totally blindsides him. News that causes him to be in a silent 
emotional roller coaster, feeling angry, upset, hurt, confused, uncertain. See, he had gotten news that was too compromising to share. So he was dealing with it alone, dealing with it quietly. And here he is thinking about this decision that he's going to make. See, we do that when we have a problem. We start to think about how we can fix it. And he's thinking about that. What is this going to look like? How do I live? How do I go on with this step that I'm considering to take? See, bad news has a way of showing us a clear problem and making us think that we have the answer. Have you ever gotten bad news? Principal calling you to tell you about your child's behavior. The doctor saying that the test is positive. Maybe the job is saying we're moving on without you. Could be your best friend choosing to be your worst enemy. Bad news. When we look at 2020, a year that just have been plagued with bad news, a worldwide virus, literally a pandemic, televised injustice, murder and vandalism in the street, truckloads of conspiracy theories. What are we to do? It points out a problem and makes us all think we can solve it. We've had answers, but these Problems, this bad news leaves us angry, leaves us upset. We're confused, uncertain of what's going to happen. We're wondering why don't the vandals just get it? Why can't the racists see racism for what it is? We, we quickly find out we don't have the answer. I believe 2020 could be summed up under the headline, bad news. But either way it goes, we think that we have the answer. If it's a phone call from the school about a child's behavior, we'll punish them until they get their behavior together. If it's the doctor, we'll exercise and diet. If our spouse wants to change their mind on the marriage vow, we try to love them until they're back in our arms. The job is going a different way. Now, I can prove to them. I can prove to them I'm valuable. Best friend choosing to leave. Ah, oh, I don't need them. I don't need a rat on my team. These are our solutions. And honestly, they're not all bad solutions. But a lot of times we miss the real issue. A lot of times we lean on our own understanding. And when we look at the text, that's where Joseph was. He knew the problem and he felt like he had an answer. Bad news will always highlight the problem and cause you to think you have the answer. But what if we don't? Look with me at verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We see that Joseph finds himself in an intense emotional situation till, till the point that he just falls asleep. It's this kind of high-stake, intense situation that makes you just want to take a nap. I don't know, have you been there before? Maybe for you, you might, that, a nap might not be it for you. Some of y'all might say a, a nap is not it for me. Some of us might say it's a drink for me. But see, that's how we know Joseph wasn't Presbyterian. He, he took the nap. <laughs> but nonetheless, he takes this nap. And he is hoping that maybe he can escape from this roller coaster of emotion. Maybe when I wake up, I'll just be able to, to think a little bit clearer. That's what he's thinking. But see, it's at that point, during that nap, that the father shows up. Psalms 46 tells us that he is a very present help in the time of need. That the father is a very present help. See, the father sees that Joseph is scared, that he is upset, he's hurt, he's alone, he's confused. And God sends his angel. He sends his angel with a message to tell Joseph, do not fear. I'm working my plan. See, the angel goes on to tell Joseph, Joseph, look, you can confidently marry Mary. That, that baby in her womb, that baby is from the Holy Spirit. You will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, the angel is basically telling Joseph, look, stop being scared. Your clear solution is not going to work. That's wrong. But most importantly, your soul is in danger. Joseph's news just went from bad to worse. So Joseph now has to marry this woman who has a child that is not his. So as he's working through that, he also gets the news that his soul is in danger. Now you may be wondering, how is it that his soul is in danger? Remember, the child is going to save them from their sin. That's the issue. Joseph needed to be saved. See, a lot of times we don't focus in on that. When the problem arises, we are focusing on the situation. But we see that there was a greater need, that salvation needed to come. 
And this is how God set it up. Joseph is going to need to be saved. And that's what he was missing. And as he, as he misses that, God steps in to make it a little bit clearer for him. See, death is sin's payout. Death is sin's payout. A righteous God, the one that we serve, the true and living God, when we do not meet his standard of righteousness, that is sin. That is an offense to God. And sin brings death. But Romans 6 tells us that the gift of God is eternal life. See, when you look at the situation that way, you can see that Joseph did not know his problem. I want to tell you that when you find that your solution is wrong and that the problem that you thought you knew you really didn't know, that's your bad news going to worse news. See, Joseph was focused on his reputation, not his sin. He was focused on his comfort, not his soul. That is just like us when we are in a situation that is going from bad to worse. We spring into action, trying to return and restore the level of, com of comfort. Wanting to get back to some level of normalcy, but it is our fallen nature reflex to do all that we can do to get back to that comfort, to get back to normalcy. Just look at Genesis 3. Adam and Eve, they put on a mad scramble in the garden. There they were, they eat the fruit. Adam eats some. Sin comes in and they realize something's different. You're naked. Now they're darting around here. You cover this up. Why did you even eat that fruit? You were right there the whole time. They're ducking, they're hiding, blaming one another. All in a failed attempt to get back to some level of normalcy. But the whole time they were missing the most important thing. They were missing the realization that sin had entered their soul. And that that could only be answered one way, that their answers were not going to work. See, with Joseph, his reputation was in danger with the bad news. But with the worst news, his soul was in danger. A lot of times when we get worse news, we can't figure out what the problem is. Several years ago, Heather and I, my wife, we were going to Chicago. We had just got married. And on our way there, we thought we had it figured out. We would move into campus and live there. But we get a phone call saying that the housing is already filled up. So if we're making this mad dash, we're, uh, I'm driving, Heather's going on the phone, she's looking for apartments in Chicago. We're, we're, by all intents and purposes, homeless trying to figure out where are we going to stay. We didn't have the answer to the problem. Worst news will make you realize you don't have the answer. See? Joseph thought the problem was his bad situation, 
But Joseph didn't have the slightest clue. Bad news says, here's the problem, you figure it out. But worse news says, you don't know the real problem. You can't figure it out, and you are helpless. But I am glad that our God does not leave us helpless. Look with me at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. See, this is where God steps in. He makes it all that much more clear. He speaks. And this is very important because there has been 400 years of nothing, of God not speaking. And here is his word. He says all of this that is going on, this is my plan that I set in motion. Amen. He said, from a long, long time ago, I made this promise. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you didn't understand. But I'm doing what I said I would do. He says, I am the God who makes good on his word. I make ways out of no way. I am the promise keeper. I have sent salvation through the womb of the Virgin Mary. This salvation is for my people. I give you my son. He is God with you. Growing up, living among you, he is God, but like you, knit together in his mother's womb. He is God saving you. I give you God, the human, he is with you. See, it's right there that God brings peace in the middle of worse news. He's basically telling Joseph, be brave. The problem is sin. You don't have to figure it out. You can't figure it out. I have already figured it out. I've already solved it for you. Now participate in my plan. See, the father reveals the true problem. When he shows up, he reveals the true problem and shows that he is the answer. And not only that, he is going to walk you through it, joining you right there in the middle of it. Now that's good news. Good news that can quiet our emotions. Good news that causes us to trust that the Father is good. Trust that he is for us. 
We can trust that he is good and that he'll be with us because as we look at the text, he was with Joseph. He walks with Joseph through the whole ordeal. God didn't change Mary's situation. God gave Joseph a new perspective and peace to embrace the plan. It was through the angelic message that God proves to Joseph that he's king over the unseen, king over dreams, king over the things that we cannot see. It's through the conception in Mary's womb that he proves to Joseph that I am king. He's communicating a message that I reign over human reproductive systems. I reign over the physical world that you can see. I'm the king of that. And communicating that message, he didn't answer all of Joseph's questions. He didn't give Joseph the, the uh, biological steps or the molecular configuration of how he put, the, how the Holy Spirit was able to put the babe in Mary's womb. He didn't give him that. So he didn't answer all of, the, all of Joseph's questions, but what he did was soothe Joseph's doubts. When Joseph got up, he was ready to obey God's plan. Saints, the Father does not leave you helpless. He's going to be there. Some of you may be having some bad news. Some of you may be dealing with worse news, but I want to tell you today that we serve a God who's going to be there for you. I'm a living witness that he'll be there. The children of Israel was crying out to him, and he showed up. Last week, Pastor Ben reminded us that the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fiery furnace. And Jesus showed up. He will be there for you and walk with you. Bad news can turn into worse news pretty quick. And if you are in that place where you are dealing with bad news, it can leave you broken down and tired. Living life on the merry-go-round of bad news and worse news. But I want to encourage you today that the Father will meet you where you are. He has a plan for the bad news. He has a plan for the bad news. A lot of times we don't like to think of God's plan having something bad in it. And, and quite honestly, his plan is good. But Joseph, if he was here today, he'd tell you, it's not that you won't experience some pain. He'll say, contraire, my friend, not so, my brother. He'd say, there may be some pain, some heartache. If Deborah the judge was here or Esther the queen, I could call on Ruth, J.L. The, the female warrior. These are just a few of the strong women of scripture. 
that would agree with Joseph that yes, God's plan is good, but there may be some hardship. There may be some pain. You might have a tough road, but his plan is good. See, he is the sovereign director, the sovereign director of salvation history, and he is bringing his good plan to completion. See, good news, the, the, the good news of God's ultimate plan is that he has sent Jesus. Jesus is the one who rescues us from fear and from pride. Jesus is the one who rescues us from sin and shame. He rescues us from anger, from frustration, rescues us from confusion and uncertainty. He rescues us from anxiety and even death. It's through the Father, it's through Jesus that the Father has solved our greatest problem. He goes on to provide for our greatest need so that the worst news of all, death and eternity away from the Father is reversed. Now we have good news, news of a life filled with hope here and now and an eternity to come. That's bringing joy to all. It was through the first married couple that sin spread to the whole world. But as the father rolls out his cure for the pandemic of sin, he uses a married couple. And in one simple act by the Holy Spirit, God and humanity became one. The Father answered our biggest problem with the gift of Jesus. Jesus, he is our propitiation. He is our substitutionary sacrifice. That's Jesus. He came to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we couldn't die. That is Jesus. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Jesus, pleased with man to dwell, born that men no more may die, born to give us second birth. That's good news. That is good news, strong tower. That is good news, Parker Street. That is good news, Lakeland, that Christ, the Savior, is born. Amen. Let us bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, God, you know how our hearts are. You know what our thoughts are. God, you know the pressures that we may face during this season. But God, as we face them, as we deal with bad news or worse news, let us take joy in the good news, knowing that you are gonna ultimately rescue us and that even now you will visit us you will be there with us walking through the tough parts. 
carrying us through it all. God, as we look to you during this season, may we, may we just look with expectancy for your return as we celebrate your first coming. In Jesus' name, amen.